1, chapter 3, verse 1. This I know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Wow, my goodness, what a culture. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now also Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. We're highlighting, centering on 3, 4, 5, and 6. Let's pray together. Lord, help me this morning as I speak. I would say nothing amiss. Be those teaching downstairs. We're thankful that there is love. You are the, the example. You are the quintessential source of love, the God of love. And so we are thankful for that. We worship you this morning. Help our lives to be such that it reflects you to a lost and dying world. I pray that you would hit, hide me behind the cross. Forgive me of sin. Empty me of self. And please fill me with your spirit. May you meet the needs of those who are here today. May we be willing to surrender our own selves to do your will this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Challenging times we are living, are we not, in challenging times? You go to the grocery store, and my goodness, everything costs a dollar or two more than it did just last year, it seems, or a couple of years ago. So it's challenging times. There are signs everywhere. There are, I'm sure we're going to see, I heard someone say there's going to be like 10 times in this one area, 10 times more political advertisements on TV than there were last time the election cycle came around. If you go down 75, 95 South into Dillon, South Carolina, where my brother used to live, there's these signs about 100 miles out, south of the border, 99 miles, south of the border, 98 miles, south of, like every five miles is south of the border signs are up there, signs of the times as you get down there, and it's a, it's a big rest area or something game, I don't know all it's about, they never stop there, signs of the times, they're everywhere, if you will look and see, and so are we in the last days, that is the question, it would appear that God's getting ready for something exciting for the church. It appears that he's going to come pretty soon for us. Aren't you excited about that? Amen. We should be excited and we'll be out of here. We'll be up in a wink, twinkling, one eight hundredth of a, of a second out of here, twinkling of an eye. There's going to be a collision between the judgment of God and this earth. I believe the earth is headed for wreckage, the earth that is here now. And the gospel is to save us from that. It is, it's the life saver that you throw out the people who are drowning. That is the gospel. If you've never received the gospel, received Christ, who is the essential part of the gospel, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the gospel. If you never received that, you need to receive that for yourself. Dr. Wolvert of Dallas Theological Seminary, I think he was president for a time, said that one-third of the Bible is prophetic in nature. That's why we've been studying it for quite some time now already, and will be for quite some time further. I think that the message is very, so I think hopefully not getting too bored with this, but why would we be bored with the Bible, by the way? If I'm bored with the Bible, the problem's not the Bible. If I am bored with the Bible, the problem's not in the Bible. And can we just turn that around to all of us? If you are bored with the Bible, the problem's not with the Bible. 
We had a great time in Sunday school, high school, Sunday school class. I've been talking about Genesis 3. There's so much. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why did God leave you here? What's your purpose? Do you have a purpose? Is there a purpose for you? Is there? There is. A purpose is to have fellowship, a relationship, and worship the one true living God and to serve him and then enjoy him forever. That's why you're here. You need to make the free will decision to trust Christ. And having done that, get off our blessed assurance and do something for him. Yes. Pastor, you need to do Yes. Pastor, start with the pastor. Paul's writing this, not from some grandiose fifth story apartment building on the top or some some a penthouse apartment building in top of Manhattan. He's writing this from the Mamertine Dungeon, which was just a little bit above the level of Tibert River. I believe they would the only way to get into this dungeon was a hole, a small hole to the top, and they let you down in, and then they would flood that, I believe, every once in a while just to clean it out. That's where he's writing this from. And what when he gets out, what's gonna happen? Off of his head. So he's writing to us. It's his last will and testament. So if you're taking down notes, there's a handy-dandy little outline on the back, the climate of the last days. This, know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. So are we living in the last days? Question, are we living? Yes, I believe so. Now, what do you mean by the last days? Are we in the last of the last days? Last days started, I believe, when Christ was taken to heaven. The last days started then because the disciples thought the last days are upon us. They've been waiting for this for 2,000 years, uh, even up to the disciples' time. And now the last days have arrived. Peter in Acts 2 said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. With, said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Peter thought he was in the last days. The book of Hebrews, the author of the Hebrews said in Hebrews 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the prophets, followers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. So they thought they were in the last days. So are we in the last days? If we're in the last days, what are you doing about it? What are we doing about it? Well, you know, Pastor, I've got my I'm a 401k, my 501k, my C3, CPPO, not C3PO, sorry, that's a different thing. I've got all these things, and I've got my retirement. I'm great for you. I'm glad you have a retirement. Most important, the retirement is in eternity with Christ. That's what I'm counting on. What are we doing? These last days. Last days. Now, Typically, I think we think the last days are the moment before Jesus returns for his church, and most likely, the last days refers all the way back to when, all the future, to when Christ comes back to rule and to reign, and the last part of the tribulation period, that's the last, that's the last of the last, of the last, of the last days, that's, that's what that is. We're in the last days, and I believe Christ's return, we know it's imminent, from the moment he left, they started looking for him. It is. It is. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4. They were, look, what's happened to my people who've gone on before, and, and you've not come back yet? That was the question. It's been 2,000 years, Pastor. Oh, 1,000 years, one day. It's been two days. He's been gone two days. For 1,000 years, this is one day. A day is 1,000 years. Just, just two days, he's gone. Are we in the last days? I think so. Now, what makes this different is verse 13. What makes it different in America 
In chapter 3, verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall what? Wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We've had deceivers all along. But it's going to start reaching exponential proportions. I tell you, personally, I don't, cannot explain the explosion of immorality and wrongdoing across the world other than demonic spirits have really gotten on board and started acting really, and they've got a lot of people behind them. That's the only way I can explain why people jettison the common basic decency and sign on for all these things that are absolutely against nature. Demonic spirits, and they're going to wax worse and worse. So, last days, because I believe the apostles even believed they were in the last days. And secondly, we're living in the last days because we know the return of Christ is imminent at any moment. Sadly, though, a lot of Christians have signed on for other theological, eschatological, which is end times, persuasive ideas. There are the post-tribulationalists, that Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation, and that we, the church, go through the entire seven years. I say no to that, personally does not dovetail with the New Testament. Then there are the amillennialists. A lot of Reformed teachers and preachers believe in amillennialism. Now, the ah is the alpha prefix, which negates the word. So we believe in the millennium. I believe in the millennium, a thousand-year reign of Christ. If you put the ah in front, you don't believe in the millennium. So your amillennial means there is no millennium, and we're already in the millennium or some kind of spiritual millennium. But the, all the revelation was fulfilled. And by 70 A.D., some people believe that. I think you lose a lot. You lose a lot. If you don't, an historical, literal, grammatical interpretation of Scripture. If you believe in that, when you get to Revelation, you've got to come up with some other type of, of interpretation to get the amillennial view or the postmillennial view. We believe in if literal interpretation as much as possible all the way through. And if you do that, you come up with a pre-tribulation rapture where Christ comes back for his church first, and then we come back with him at the end of the tribulation time. If you read it for what it says and is, nothing has to happen before Jesus comes back for his church. It has been that way since he went up. Now, before he comes back, to rule and to reign on the earth. There's a lot of things have to happen. One thing, Israel has to become a nation again. Harry Ironside said when that happened that he would lay awake at night and keep his eyes open for the Lord to return. When's the last time you lay awake at night? No, I'm not going to say lay awake at night. But lay awake at night with your eyes open, wait for Christ to return. Now, you may have laid awake last night. Marvin has got his days and nights completely mixed up. So he sleeps almost all day and is awake almost all night, he told me the other night. Poor fella. Really need your prayer. But he was anticipating the Lord's return. What a wonderful thing. If we would have that, Wolver said again, the Israel becoming a nation is the super sign, the super sign of prophecy that Christ is coming back. But pastor, wait just a minute. The gospel has got to be preached to the entire world before the Lord comes back. Yes, if you put it in context, the, all of that discourse before he comes back to ruin, to reign, not before he comes back in the air for his church. Make sure you keep your context in the right, reverse it in the right context, if you would there, please. It says also, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Lawlessness, lawlessness will be on the increase. Sin is multiplied. 
if you've not followed the news and you don't understand how a pornographic, adulterous society we have today, just keep, if you just, one newspaper, probably all you need to read from start to finish. I will tell you the advent of the iPhone in 2007 has done so much disastrous moral things. I've got one. But I'll tell you, overall, personally, I feel it's been a bad thing for America as moral stance has been the development of the cell phone. That's just me personally. You think how far we've gone. And, and people can, can type a bunch of bad things or get, uh, arrogant, not, well, a bunch of grandiose things, but when you stand in front of a person, that's when it really matters. A person just told me this week, he said, very well gun knowledgeable person, he said, I can train people and give them their, 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 their uh, concealed carry class and, uh, concealed carry class, and they, they think they can do all kinds of things. He said, but you don't know what you're going to do until you have someone standing or shooting at you constantly. Then we'll see how well you do with that. You don't know until you're in the spot. We're going to be in, we're in the crosshairs of Satan. I'm telling the Christians we are. And they're using a lot of different weapons to fire at us. And so we have to stand. We have to know how to stand. I know how to shoot my gun now. I've not shot it yet, but I can sh- know how to shoot it now. I, can, I know where to put the bullets now. <laughs> At least I put the right way, right place. Okay, there we, woohoo. So we got to start. So that's why I, I ask you these questions. I've changed my preaching just a little if you've noticed. We've noticed. Can you make it shorter? I probably can't do that. But you need to know why, what the Bible says. People want to know what God's Word says. And I don't want to hear you blabbering about all the things that you know. I want you to, well, the Bible says this. The Bible says that. And we believe this because the Bible says. Otherwise, it's just your opinion against somebody else's opinion. What matters, I don't care what you, no matter, don't really, on some, many topics, it's not, I don't really care what you think so much. I don't care what I think so much. I care what God says. Eminently important. That's what it is. When it comes to these, these topics of our era, of our culture, it's what God says is the bottom line regarding abortion. It's not so much what your opinion is. It's what God has said. And you need to start with the Bible and you need to end with the Bible and everything else in between the Bible. So many people and so many things are just, well, I don't feel like that. Or uh, asking about your feelings. I'm asking what Bible says. This morning we determined that God knows everything that happens, or God knows what's going to happen before it ever starts. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to be in the garden. He knew Eve was going to say yes, and Adam, because he didn't want to leave his wife, lose his wife or leave his wife, he said, yes, I'll take it too. Chose her over God in many respects. God knew. So why did God make Adam and Eve? So he could have fellowship with people who would love him and serve him because they want to, not because they have to. And that's why we're here, to choose. Choose. So, number one, are we living in the last days? Two, are we living in, we are living, we are living in the last days, we are living in perilous times. Verse one, notice, last days perilous times shall come. This word perilous here is difficult. Uh, it's uh, difficult times outside the Bible. It means vicious, wild, like an animal. It's only used one other place in the New Testament. Remember the demonic of Gadara? He was fierce. That's the, that's the same word. Perilous times shall come. It's going to happen. 
I, I, the, if you think back of the 1950s, the moral culture of our would not even be unrecognizable. 1950s, so many were on the same page regarding moral stance. We have lost, in the, just since the last 10, 15 years, we have changed so exponentially. The Messiah, though, came into a very dark time. If you remember in, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, he came in the fullness of time. It seems like the light shines brightest when the darkness is the darkest, Right? One little candle, one light, how much it can change. So the climate of the last days, then there are the characters, number two, big number two is the characters of the last days. What's causing this climate change? Now, this is not the climate change, worship of the nature. This is the, what's causing our climate morally to have changed. This men, anthropos, for men shall be lovers of themselves, not just men, men and women altogether. People, people shall be lovers of their own selves. It's a spiritual battle going on in 2 Timothy 1.13. 2 Timothy 1.13, hold fast the form of doctrine a form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast, we are to guard that good thing which was in 2 Timothy 1.14 which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. The standard of sound words, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And verse 12, for the which cause, also, cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So hold fast then these form of doctrines. Don't forsake the blueprint. Anley Stanley said in March 14th of 2022 in a message there at North Point Church, he said, the Old Testament was ancient declarations of superstitious men. Ancient declarations of superstitious men, meaning the Christian faith were not depending on the Old Testament. Just the opposite is true. They are inextricably combined and combined. It is all one book from God. You cannot separate the New Testament from the Old. Is the Jehovah of the Old the Jesus of the New? Yes, He is. Why would somebody say that? Not trying to pick on Andy Stanley. But why? He wants to be, He wants to have friends, He wants to be liked. I heard one, one preacher I was listening to a couple of weeks ago. He said, I'm not here to make you happy with me. I'm here to tell you what God has said. And the servant of the Lord then must, in 2 Timothy 2.24, must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patience and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. We preach the gospel so people can be saved out of the degradation of the world. By the way, that was us until we trusted Christ. It's not like we're on some high pedestal. Well, look at us now. I'm telling you, look where you would have been if God had not saved you from where you were. In 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. False teachers have always been with us, but now they are ramping it up, if you would, because I think demonic activity is ramping it up. If we can't read the signs, I think they can. Satan's no. He's no dummy. He was like the number one creature until he fell. So, outline, number two, and the, first, the moral conduct of the last days. The moral conduct of the last days. There's 19 expressions that are used here to describe men in the last days. 
who are increasingly apostatizing, stepping away from, neglecting, and walking away from God. Apostate is someone, uh, every unbeliever is not an apostate, but apostates are all unbelievers. They have, they have rejected Christ. They have kicked Him out of their lives. They've redefined the gospel or something. They've fallen away from the true body of faith, of truth. Have you not seen that? Globalism across the world. We put God out. We're highlighting and we're pushing things that are anti-God. And that we can somehow, I'm telling you, progressivism is digressive-ism. We progress. No, you're not progressing. We're regressing. We're going backwards. A progressive society is one that holds forth the word of God and obeys its truth. And they go forward and you have a society where men can go out in the street and not be feared for their lives. Where we raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 27% only of children in America have both biological parents in their home. 27% only. It's not given, I like what, again, what Pentecost said, these are not given to scare us, but to prepare us. These these things here. Look what it says in our text. 3, verse 2, 2 Timothy 3, 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Four things they love here in this text. They're covetous, which is a lover of money, then lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. This, it's fundamental. It's what, you, it's what you love. It's what you're about. It's what you are focused on. Is it yourself or is it on others? The greatest commandment of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two. Upon all these hang the law and the prophets. Mark chapter 12, 29, 31. Every one of these characteristics is basically an expression of a person who says, I am numero uno. I'm number one. Is that not a lot, root of a lot of the sin, the love of money? But it's the root of all sin, we say. But the love of, of ourselves first? Does that? Yes. We just change things to fit the system. Criminals are express, expressing self-love. Leaders who say they have the rights, they say they have certain rights, and now they can go in stores and smash stores, and have a, there is a, as you well know, there is a, there is organized theft now. They go in. Matter of fact, it was a 26 stores are closing in New York City due to theft. Target is closing stores due to retail theft. They have, they've got it down pat, and they're growing as a group, and what can you do? In some, some places, the police have, their hands are tied. They can't go because they, they restricted. We have havoc. Back in, 19, or back in 2021, true story, in San Francisco, San Francisco, it says, according to the San Francisco Examiner, will soon pay some potential criminals, criminals 300 a month. I'm going to read it again. San Francisco will soon pay some potential criminals 300 a month not to shoot people. The city's Dream Keeper Fellowship will give monthly gift cards to 10 people deemed to be right or to be high risk of gun crime if they refrain from taking part in the city's alarming surge of shootings. San Francisco Examiner, March, or excuse me, August of 2021. There's an ever growing contempt for the law. But, Pastor, it's all mental illness. I will say there are some who have mental illness. I'm telling you, the main thing is sin illness. Sin, S I N. A church in Raleigh, North Carolina, 2022, a pastor saw this and, and put it up. In, the church, in front of the church, it was love is love, black lives matter, climate change is real, no human being is illegal, all genders are whole, holy, and good, women have agency over their own bodies. That was in front of the church. And that's where they, do you see all the cultural 
talking points they're getting, I'm telling you what you need is this. You start standing on all the issues and neglect this. You soon will divide your church. You have nothing but a social club who's going to change with the whims. That's why we have so much coming to the church that is not churchy, if you would, that is anti-God. All lives matter. By the way, we sang this morning a culturally, probably a culturally divisive song. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. That's true. Whether you want to agree with that or it doesn't fit your sensibility or your intersectionality, I'm telling you, he loves us all, not only black, but white gold, green, whatever color it is. If you're a human being, God loves you. I'm not sure there's any green ones, but maybe if they're really sick. God loves the little children, but does that not fly in the face of a culture who wants to kill our own children in the womb before they ever get Yes. So we got to stop singing that song. Pretty soon, what song can we sing? Holy, holy, holy. That song will never go out of vogue for those who truly worship God. Yes? Yes. Climate control, climate change is real. That means they worship Mother Earth. No human being is illegal. If we have no borders, we have no country. Do you understand that? I know you do. I'm talking, preaching to the choir. I know. Women have agency over their own bodies. To do what? To end the life of an image bearer of God. Do you understand that? I know it's a hot button issue. It's going to be a very hot button issue the next year to the election. Abortion is the ending of a life of an image bearer of God. And Alabama Supreme Court just two weeks ago said, and wherever that image bearer of God has been created, if it's even in a freezer somewhere, they are still a child. Praise the Lord. It's the only way you can go. When you start waffling on that, you're going to sink down and there's nowhere else to go. But yeah, well, you can do whatever you want to do. What about if the, what about, I asked my wife, my way to church, what about if the baby's in the womb, or not even in the womb yet, the babies who are not even out of the womb yet, they all got together and decided who alive as adults, we don't want him anymore. That person, he's too old. He's bald. He talks too fast. His teeth are crooked. He's put on too much weight. He hates cats sometimes. He drives like a maniac. He's so impatient. We don't want him. I'm gone. What if they did that? You say, oh, pastor, that's just wrong. Like, how could they... How could they do that when, then how can we do that to the innocent, the most innocent people in the world? Just turn it around. Put the baby shoe on the other foot and see where it leads you. it's, it's, It's incongruous. It doesn't make sense. Following God's word is the only thing that makes lasting sense. It is. It is. I'm off my soapbox. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, lovers of, of money, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now, how, now, why in the world would that be? In, I mean, disobedience to parents, there's a lot worse things than that. Well, is there? Really? Disobedient to parents. There's five things here with the alpha prefix. Disobedient, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Pastor Brogy down in, uh, in Beaufort, South Carolina, they wanted to use, he's a beautiful, big facility, and they wanted to use his church for an emergency. Can we bring our children in here? If there's a shooting, can we bring them into the church? He said, oh, you can. And there's one caveat. 
the boys go in the boys' bathroom, and the biological girls go in the biological girls' bathroom, and I need to see that in writing. Didn't get one letter from any of the authorities to do that. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because if something happens in his church building that's not supposed to be happening, guess who's going to get the suit? It's going to be him, even though well, it's just a school. Th- no, just telling you. And none of them would say that because they're under this pressure to cave in to all the society pressures. They're disobedient to parents. They're unholy. Lost all sense of decency. The wholesome look. Children feel entitled. They're unthankful. Are you thankful for what God has given to you? Or are we just simply ungrateful without natural affection? The Greek word that is used both in outside the Bible means without affection. A family is, uh, our families are under attack. We don't even love our families. Children murdering their own parents. Oh, pastor, we don't. It happening right here in our area. And just two weeks ago, a boy who shot his own mother sentenced the very, Judge McLeod, 40 years prison, shot and killed his own mother in 2022 in Grayson. That's pretty unthankful. That's pretty without natural affection. And how about the flip side? We don't. Even, I've already hit on that. Chil- parents murdering their children. Why is it that an abortion is supposed to take care of things? You're, you're, you're probably got most likely or often you get with child out of wrong reasons, and the only innocent person in all of that loses their life because you did wrong. Does that, make, does that make sense? No. It doesn't make things better. It doesn't salve the conscience. It only ends the life of the innocent person and it makes you not only an adulterer or whatever, a fornicator, it makes you a murderer now. So I, I know you may not want to hear that, but that's just what the Bible would say to us. You read the Bible for what it says and it's clear, consistent, and everybody else maybe 50 years ago would have said the same thing the pastor's preaching now, but the culture's changed so much that we're going to, we've got to cave in. Do what we want to do. It's about us. Just behave morally, and you won't have to worry about it. Get married. Have children. We're supposed to. I just found a guy yesterday who's on the board of Five Co. He had, his dad had 14 siblings, and his mom had nine. He had 96 first cousins. 96 first cousins. I couldn't remember 96 first cousins. 96 of them. And he was, you know what? He was thrilled. Growing up in eastern Kentucky, he was thrilled. <coughs> Without natural affection. We have the LGBT movement coming. We know it's coming here. It's, it's growing. Why want to? And I just, I, this, this was so took me back, this illustration. One pastor said this. He said, suppose you have your children and, and, over, and next door moves in a very LGBT-friendly people couple or amor, a polyamory couple. And you take your, and you open the window, and they keep their windows open and blinds up, and you can, you can see what's going on, and, and you put a little box by the window and say, now, child, you sit right here, and you look over to their house, and you learn what the things are. Pastor, we, what do you think we'd ever do that? Well, you have, likely have a box in your home already, and you stream in the very things that are going on right there, but that's okay. Uh, ooh, Pastor, that's just a little bit... Too close to home. Why is that wrong and, and this? This is wrong. Why is that right? And that's wrong. Somebody calls that's live. That was live somewhere, some point in time. Why are we letting that into our home? I ask you. Why are we? Put the TV out. Pastor, you'd have a better life. 
Just saying. If it's controlling you, get rid of it. If you can live it, if you can control it, it's fine. If it's controlling you, well, why are we letting these things into our homes? Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, verse 3, incontinent. Well, we know what incontinent is. We face that as we get older. We have no self-control with our bladder functions, possibly. Incontinent, that's the word here. The no self-control. People do whatever they want to do. They're just, I want to do it, let's do it. False accusers, liars. The father of all liars is the devil. When you and I lie, we're acting more like the father, or the father of all lies, the devil, than we are God. Fierce. That's like the animals there uh, who are fierce and, and, and brutal, etc. There are 100, according to one preacher, 140 known terrorist groups functioning in the world today. 140 known terrorist groups. Probably 50 have cells in America now, probably. Just, just speaking to you plainly. I trust you're following what's going on. I'm, I'm just guessing they may not. We call our children. You know how Hitler was so effective? He called the Jews rats. And so the other German people, well, the, the Jews are just rats. They're not really human beings. So they can be exterminated. So what have we done? Oh, that's not a baby. That's a, it's a fetus. It's not really a person until... A person until when? When do they become a person? When God gives them life from the very moment of conception. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Traitors is the word for Judas Iscariot. Heady is reckless, no rational decision-making, high-minded, puffed up, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I'm telling you, though, I'm looking for that day when we're going to be to heaven and the joy. It says in Psalm 16, verse 11, which I'm going to read that verse. I know what time it is. I got my on the clock. 16, verse 11. 16, verse 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore, not some temporary worldly trinket. One pastor brought, he was asked, I heard, pastor, that you preach an hour. He goes, oh, no, sometimes I might preach an hour and 20 minutes. You preach an hour and 20 minute sermons. He goes, how long did you watch the ball game this week? The hockey game, football, basketball. How long? And I think probably the guy didn't ask any more questions. If you're we're at religious observance, B, religious number two, verse five. C, I wrote in there for you the proselytizing zeal in the last days. There are going to be those who want to get people to follow them. The urgent need, they're going to come creep in there. However possible, like Simon Magus, they're like uh, Joseph Smith who wanted to get, he had 49 wives himself and wanted to get as many people to follow him. They are the <clears throat> Creflo Dollars, Joel Olsteins, Kenneth Copeland's, who it's not so much what they say, it's what they do not say. Paul says we are to be alert. Signs of the times. Janice and Jambres were those who evidently, they tried to use the tricks. When, remember when Moses would cast down and turn into a snake? They were the ones who were opposing Moses, and they turned and they brought the things on. I think they, they, about two or three miracles in, finally about miracle four, this is the hand of God, we can't do this anymore. Christ is coming. And I thought about this as a close. You need to be ready. There was a merchant in Baghdad who was sent his servant to the market to buy provisions. And a little while, the servant came back, white and trembling, and said, Master, just now when I was in the marketplace, I was jostled by a woman in the crowd. And when I turned, I saw it was death that had jostled me. She looked at me and made a threatening gesture. 
Now please, master, lend me your horse and I will ride away from the city and avoid my fate. I will go to Samara and there death will not find me. So the merchant lent his horse and the servant mounted it and galloped off, dug his spurs in the flanks and off they went out of the gallop. Well, the merchant went down to the marketplace sometime later and he saw in the crowd, saw death in the crowd standing. He, goes, he said to death, why did you make such threatening gestures to my servant when you saw him this morning? And death said, this was not a threatening gesture. I said, it was only a start of surprise. I was astonished to see your servant in Baghdad for I have an appointment tonight with him in Samara. We have an appointment with God to stand before him. And we need to be serving him out of love. And if there are others in your family who do not know Christ, may we, God use us to point them to the saving knowledge of Christ the Savior. Signs of the times. They're everywhere. May we be seeking God's purpose for us as we, until he calls us home. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we have an appointment to be with you. We have an appointment to stand before you. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice, whether down the road 50 years or right now at the moment, we're all going to stand before you at some point in time, either as a Christian at the judgment seat of Christ or unbeliever at the great white throne judgment. It behooves us to make our calling and election sure to know that we're Christ. That if we know Christ, to make a public profession, get involved, be baptized, do whatever we can to serve you and to call us home. So Lord, if, if we've let up on the gas pedal, so to speak, spiritually speaking, may we confess and get right with you and spend time in your word and, and be used by you for your glory. If there's a need this morning, may we respond. May we not put it off another week, but respond this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.